Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. New series Naomi airs Tuesdays at 9, 8 central, or you can stream free next day on The CW app. You will drain us. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. Did you hear what Leslie Chen Moonvest said? There's only one time a year when I hear what Leslie Chen Moonvest said. <laughs> it's when the Big Brother celebrity house gets filled with who celebrities. I gotta say, we're both. Leslie, I isn't mean, her name Julie? Julie. Why do I call her Leslie Chen Moonvest? I said Ju- Leslie too. I was like, her name is not Leslie. Julie. Leslie Chen Moonves. Who's Leslie? Julie Chen Moonves. I gotta say, we can frequently be really we can frequently be really dumb on this podcast, but we did something really smart last week. And what we did was we had a whole segment written out, researched. Timmy added on some stuff about the tweet from a celebrity Big Brother fan account that claimed there was an entire cast, and this mm. cast was stacked. The cast was too good to be true. First of all, there were too many people, which I I don't even really watch these seasons all the way through ever, but you could tell that there it was too many people and too good to be true type mm-hmm. combinations of people. People who were almost, they were who's, but they were almost too themmy in their who spectrum for this show. And now that I see the real list of people, I'm like, we thought New York was coming on this show. No, sorry. Todd Bridges is coming on this show. You know, mm-hmm. the original list had it, it threw you off because it had like Jillian Michaels, Hope Hicks, Curtis Stone, which were like, really? But then it had like Alexa Pena Vega, who like <laughs> I could believe. And like Nene <laughs> Leakes, she's done reality before for sure. And Neo, I could see that maybe. I could believe Neo. I could believe Jillian Michaels. But did you notice there is one bit of overlap here? Todrick Hall is in both. <laughs> Todrick Hall, the irony of that is that Todrick Hall was the one that they got right. Like, it show, <laughs> yeah. it really shows Todrick Hall's, like, place in the world that this fan account got the Todrick Hall correct. They got Todrick Hall right. They got Lamar Odom right. And I think uh-huh. that's it. There are no other overlaps. So I feel like this is, this definitely came from a reliable source. But they must have been like thrown off somehow. They must have been given some fake thing, or or mm-hmm. they or they didn't get they got clues, but they didn't like get the clues right. Mm-hmm. Mr. Police. In my mind, somehow they were given some like clues that they just didn't like guess correctly. Yeah, right. So that's who's exactly in the real happened. list? Let's like who cares about the fake list? Who's in the real list? Cynthia Bailey Hill, who was just on uh, Real Housewives mm-hmm. Girls Trip and like was a villain kind of. So interesting. Then we have Todd Bridges from Different Strokes. Todd Bridges. Todd Bridges takes me back to, I was not the right age for different strokes, but you know what we were the right age for? Todd Bridges being on every single fucking talking head show on VH1. I was going (laughs) to say, Todd Bridges is not known by generation millennial or Z for anything other than being on reality TV shows. So it's like- Or talking head shows. He's almost like famous for like the metaverse that Big Brother exists in, not even for different strokes. Yep. And then we have- Todrick Hall. Taylor Swift's best friend, yeah. Then we have Chris Kattan. Of course. You guys want some cookies? Ariana Grande's best friend, Chris Kattan. But, 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 <laughs> but we are friends, yes. We became friends on the, uh, we did a Christmas uh, song on uh, Jimmy Fallon last uh, uh, December, and then she just, I don't know, we got along really well. And do oh, you cool. stay in touch with her? Yeah, I do, actually. It's kind of surreal because uh, I'll DM her, uh-huh. and then she'll 
DM back and say something. Uh, she's really sweet. She's a totally grounded little girl. And Not a little girl, but yeah. she's like, she's really smart. Then we have Chris Kirkpatrick. Which is wild because Chris Kirkpatrick swooping in and stealing the like trophy from Lance Bass being on every single one of these shows is iconic. Like 2022 is the year that Lance Bass goes and does something else and Chris Kirkpatrick comes in and and takes over. And takes the crown. Then we have Carson Kressley. Have speaking of drag race, have you seen the um the clip of Michelle Visage? I'm not a drag race person, but I still laughed at this. Visage, at, yeah. Visage at the end of the YouTube channel for drag race, like of every clip. Uh-huh. The Michelle Visage one is. Let me find it. Hey, it's Michelle Visage. Do you want gay shit? Check out RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race YouTube channel and hit subscribe. <laughs> I never heard that. You have if you <laughs> Do you want gay shit? Do you want gay shit? <laughs> okay, that's good. Drag Race is mostly played, but still has like moments of greatness. <laughs> uh, moving on to more Celebrity Big Brother contestants. Insane. If you're doubling up on Housewives, you need to... You can't double up on Housewives. That's lazy. There's got to be other places to go. The well is not that dry. No. This is not the dust bowl. Our no. wells have some water in them. And also... Get me like a, f- get me some, I know you, uh, this is controversial, but I want some sort of um, true crime star. Give me a, give me an, give me somebody fresh out of jail for some crazy tabloid scandal or crime. Where's my Rob, what's, uh, no, who's that Chicago mayor who got in trouble? Where's he? Blago. Uh, Blagovich. Give me that guy. Yeah, give me Blagovich. Give me a former felon for some sort of weird money laundering that made page six. Like, I don't need two housewives. I need some creativity. Who would that be? Give me Anna Delvey. Where's Anna Delvey? I guess she's in prison. <laughs> no, exa- but that's the type that's of person. That's exactly. You need somebody who did a crime that's <laughs> 70% victimless. <laughs> like, I don't White know. White collar I, we, crime. Wire exp- fraud. We've explained this before, but it has to be a not murderer, but a crime that was like big enough to make like news and that's my point <laughs> or the victims were only rich people who are yeah. fine <laughs> right like give where's where's Madoff I think he's dead I don't care <laughs> he's definitely dead Madoff's wife Madoff's wife would be perfect put her in the house <laughs> but you know what I mean like I I know it's controversial but like I don't want two housewives I want some creativity what's a Chen Moon vest <laughs> <laughs> What's, What's a Ponzi, Ponzi scheme? scheme? <laughs> I almost forgot about that. Well, I'll never forget What's about that. What's a Leslie Chen Moonves? What's a Leslie Chen Moonves? Oh, you mean Julie Chen Moonves? Okay. Oh, you mean Julie? Okay. <laughs> What's a Ponzi scheme? M- moving on. Shanna Mokler, perfect. Great. That's perfect. That's and timely perfect. to get her in this house. She's gonna say so much good shit. Like we're gonna get a slew of shit from her talking about Travis Barker. Like it's gonna be nonstop. The only reason she's there is to slander Travis it's Barker. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. Like what else? That's perfect. Then we have Mariah Nagasu, Olympic figure skater, definitely one of the people that they confused with Shakari Richardson. Also. I think so. it was like, it's an Olympian. It's an Olympian. I think so. Shakari would be amazing. but And I don't really know a lot about uh, Mariah, but but I like that they go for Olympics because it's a great place to go. Lamar Odom. Uh, We all know Lamar Odom. That's to themmy. Yeah. And then Misha Misha Tate, a UFC champion. I like that vibe. Misha Cupcake Tate? I had no idea who Misha Cupcake Tate was. She's a UFC girly. She's a fighter. She's going to kick somebody's ass. She's a real swole woman. 
she, she's, she's a real, a real swole, swole woman. woman. Shout out to Casey Johnson. She, yeah, I mean, she she's a mixed martial artist. Love this. The former wi- Strike Force women's bantamweight champion. Oh, she's gonna absolutely kill Teddy Mellencamp. No, I she's can't gonna kill. Wait. <laughs> She's going to put Shannon Mochler into the hospital. <laughs> I love that we said Teddy Mellencamp and we just said housewives when she's literally, te- she's John Mellencamp's, Mellencamp's da- daughter. Like that should supersede that. <laughs> but wasn't she sort of a flop on Real Housewives? You watched Beverly Hills, I don't. She, she was a total bore. Moving on from the Big Brother. We will be streaming. I will watch the first few episodes. It's just this kind of show. Oh, my God. Where you have to watch it multiple nights a week. I will not be streaming, but I will 100% pay attention to every clip that makes it beyond the show. In terms of, like, somebody telling me that somebody says notable, clipping it, putting it on some tabloid. I'll click on all of those. I will just not be watching the show, you know? But enough about Celebrity Big Brother. You are listening to Who's There, our weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns. Let's start with some comments. Wow, after all of these scientists, lawyers, and um, professors calling about stuff, I finally can call in about something I know, which is porn, because I'm in porn, I'm a act- porn actor, and I know where they film stuff, and it mostly um, in the Valley. They don't film as much porn in L.A. as they used to because it's too expensive, but most of it is in the Valley. It's in houses that are owned by people, and they rent it out owned by people in the industry and they rented out specifically for that. Um, it's not just like in random places where you can see it. Uh, windows, shades are always down and it's always very private. So yeah, you might see the same houses, um, but they're not Airbnbs um, because that just don't do that. Um, so yeah, uh, resident uh, porn person, uh, reporting for duty, uh, crunch crunch. <laughs> love that. Thank you for calling. I do love that this listener was like, it's my time to shine. Here we go, baby. <laughs> Houses in the Valley, LA is too expensive. It was very stupid of this commenter on Yelp to be like, I'm at a gym and they're casually shooting porn there. It's like, what are you thinking, dude? That's not how yeah. this works. Well, also like Houses in the Valley shooting porn is like as tale as old as time. Still less expensive. Yeah. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I am calling to defend the caller from Bleep, Bloop, Bop, Bop, whatever uh, PR company about Kwame and Yvonne Orji. Um, I have the same question. I'm actually not the caller. I'm a different caller. I have the same question because they spent Christmas together. They were both posting each other on their stories and, like, posted the same child and were definitely together on Christmas like 2021. So I think there is something to this. Please stay on top of it. I will need an update. Maybe you could just call me. I don't know. Oh, God, this is bad. Okay, what the fuck, Donald Gay Rights? So I do follow each of them from Who Weekly, but we miss the stories. The problem with the Who Weekly account is it's just like, it's so many people you have you to can't pay attention use, to. It, you can't use like, the Who Weekly account for stories. Like, yeah, you can't. It's you can barely use the Weekly account to keep up with Rita. It's just really we're talking some uh, trying to read all the stories on the Who Weekly account would be like trying to finish the entire like library of Alexandria. It's true. You know, it's like sitting down with the Bible and being like, "I'm reading tonight." You know, like you're just not. <laughs> we're just not able to do that. But so I think it's when it goes down in the stories. It is hard for us to like retrace the step mm-hmm. of a caller. Like if they're like, oh, you know, they're together and we go and we investigate. We're not going to yeah. get those stories if they've expired. That I'll say, though, spending 
Christmas together is telling as fuck. They went to the Jets game and then they spent Christmas together. And it's also funny because this week on Summer House, his ex-fiance just talked all about him. They mm-hmm. put a clip of him up on the on the in the show. Oh, my my ex-fiance, he really outshone me. I became somebody's wife or somebody's girlfriend, and I just didn't want that for my life. Which is like mm-hmm. very much like, yeah, date somebody your own fame. Yvonne Orji is more famous than him anyways, so oh, great. Oh, yeah. Yvonne and Kwame, they're together. I think it's confirmed. I think we're... I mean, uh, basically. We're we're Dermois today. We're Dermois today. We're Trois-Mois. We're Trois-Mois. I saw that. Is that new? What is Trois-Mois? I it's saw like it for the first time today. It's like a parody of Dermois. Oh, it's a parody. It's like- yeah. It's so funny. those things were fake. I saw really. Yes. It is really clearly. funny. Bobby's like, well, what? <laughs> well, one of them was the Bradley Cooper one was also believable because it was set in the American Girl Doll Cafe, and I was like, maybe he went with his kid. No. <laughs> no. It was like it was like Bradley Cooper spotted eating lunch at the American Girl no. Doll Cafe, and I was like, oh, he's such a good dad. <laughs> it's wild how gullible you are, considering. <laughs> Considering. <laughs> considering. Yeah. I'll just say considering. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Long time, long time. Um, you should have a class action lawsuit against, um, oh gosh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan and old. Because isn't it true that that line in the trailer, like, this is the beach that makes you old, isn't in the film? Just saying. You're welcome for the idea. I did not go through the film, so I will not be joining your lawsuit. Okay. Um, me in Greece. Bye. <laughs> Before I play the second call, this would be great promo for Who Weekly. It's Universal Pictures as well, just like the fucking Ana de Armas lawsuit. We can definitely find a hooligan lawyer who is willing to do this with just a percentage. Just take a percentage so of the class action. So we need a lawyer to sue... Universal old. Pictures, yes. Universal, Universal pictures, pictures because the line "There's the something you, wrong with this beach." There's something wrong with this beach. Isn't in the movie. Old. There's something wrong with this beach. I'm not sure. I think there is a line of difference between that and a full ass actress in a movie because you weren't going to see the movie old to hear. I was. There's something wrong. <laughs> we have recorded evidence. That's true. We did get really excited about there's something wrong with this beach. I think it may have mostly been a Patreon gag, but we can definitely find the audio of us being like, I can't wait to hear Vicky Creep say, there's something wrong with this beach Yeah. in old. Maybe when M. Night heard us say that, he took it out because he knew it was too obvious and stupid, which was our point all along. <laughs> you think he listens to criticism? No. <laughs> I just wanted to express my support for the mission that the Ana de Army is doing with that class action lawsuit. Can't wait to sign up myself. I watched the movie on a plane, so I wonder how can I provide proof of me having viewed it um, and been upset about it. Um, that's all. Crunch, 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 crunch. Emily and Paris, Lee. Ana de Army. Ana de Army. <laughs> Ana de Army. There's nothing better. The call in its own, five out of ten. Ana de Army, 10 out of 10. <laughs> We're going to figure out a way. Everyone can be involved in this class action lawsuit and you will get your money by 2050. <laughs> Speaking of experts, we had a porn actor. We had a lawyer call in. We had a proud soldier in the Ana de Army. And now we have a publicist. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. So calling about the Adrian Grenier booking.com situation. I don't think you really want to know how this works because it's not very exciting, but I can share my not my lame insights as a publicist. So 
likely what happened is booking.com was like, hello, Adrian, we want to work with you. Part of your contract is that you have to do these weird interviews, like three interviews, whatever. So then they got the content, they got the photos, and then they pitched it to us weekly, like, hey, do you want to have this opportunity of a day in the life of Adrian Grenier? And they're the ones who coordinated it. And then Adrian was just like, yeah, I did this. Thank you. Bye. And so they fit his day into whatever those images are. Just some speculation. That's typically how I've seen it done, but it certainly could go a different way. So likely the uh, the blame is to be put on bookings.com. Anyway, that's all Crunch Crunch Leanne Cuisine. So the way this works, I love knowing how the sausage is made with publicists. I feel like I understand publicists as a profession pretty well, but it is great to get the first-hand thing. So Booking says to Adrian, we'll give you money for this, but you have to do a couple of interviews. We'll get some content out of this. We'll do like one afternoon or one weekend of content from you. So we're going to spread these out to the people that we want to give them to. We'll see if anyone takes, and we're going to maybe put them in three places. And then Us Weekly bites and says we'll take it can we do it in the form of a day in the life and they say perfect yeah i i think now that we say it it's obvious but right like the the spawn was just more subtle there but sure and maybe that's on b that's maybe that's like the pr people for kind of not making it as obvious like we shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to squint for the for the spawn you know and you did from that one yeah last comment hey guys this is jay from london i had to laugh today when i was listening to bobby read the um wedding announcement in his Jeeves voice um about the posh um <laughs> the posh British stuff because as a as an expat over here I totally understand how all of that might sound posh, but all of the places that he mentioned are not posh. So basically Battersea <laughs> is known for having like a defunct power station and the largest like dogs and cats home. Or no, it's just dogs actually. Um like shelter in, in London. Norwich is known for um inbreeding. <laughs> and Essex you already know, which is known for like Gemma Collins and Cowie people, which is basically New Jersey. Um anyway, so all of those places are the least posh places you could name. It just made me laugh. Um crunch crunch. Love you guys. I'm not an expat. What do I know? That's why I said it sounds like it. I told you not to assume posh. You think every British person is posh, but I did. I, I told say you it not. was. No, I said it sounded. I'm just and saying. Me, and then sounded. I said it. <laughs> you are assuming poshness where I suspect there's no poshness. But I'm glad we had it confirmed, and I'm glad that he's from or she's from somebody's from the place where the the most dogs live or something. <laughs> Should we move on to questions? Yes. Bobby, did you know that it's Live Nation's concert week? And from now through May 14th, you can get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows? I did know because Live Nation sent us a list of all of the concerts. And I'm obsessed because I'm definitely going to see some of these people. Well, you can get up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, including Alanis Morissette, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson. Who else am I seeing? Lainey Wilson. Peso Pluma and Sarah McLaughlin, like back to back. That's fun. Megan Trainer, then Peso so Pluma, then Sarah McLaughlin, and have us the summer of my life. So grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. It was like 70-something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed, or in my Pull case, out. under the bed. 
your linens, sweeties. The lin- it's time for- it's linen season, honey. Oh. oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses, I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jacket sweaters and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I hate and Quince middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Liam Payne has a separate Twitter account just for NFTs now. You know what? Actually, you can you can play this call, but don't talk about this. I'm begging you, don't talk about this. Grateful for Sharna. So we're not going to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> The the caller said we don't have to. Okay, I I didn't make the rules. The caller said don't talk about this. <laughs> then let's move on. We're not going to talk about Liam Payne's secret NFT account. It's not a secret, and it's followed by sixty five thousand people. <laughs> great, great. She said great, not to talk great, about this. Great, they great, said great, not to talk great, about great. this. They said not to what talk about, about this. NFTs Next call. Is, uh, what? There's been so many scams. Why are NFTs the scam that celebrities are falling prey to? I don't know why they all got the same memo. I was so bummed out by seeing Paris Hilton. I mean, I'm bummed out seeing Paris Hilton generally, but Paris Hilton showing off her ape on Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon being like, oh, I have an ape too. I was like, I will never understand these apes. I will never understand NFTs. I don't want to. There's a current of like coolness that I'm not picking up on because I don't think it's cool that they are or they feel like they're ahead of the curve somehow, but they're not ahead of the curve anymore. Like, or the conspiracy conspiracy is that there's like this secret underground NFT lobbyist group that is paying dividends off to these, you know what I mean? Like that's the real conspiracy. I mean, they all, they all think, I think the only thing is they all have been convinced that they can make a quick buck doing this thing and that it all works best if everyone's doing it. So it only works if all these celebrities are doing it at the same time. But here's the thing. I don't even think that they necessarily think they're going to make a quick buck. I think some of them actually think that it's like good for the world in like a creative or like futuristic way. I think it's split down the middle. I think some obviously want to make a quick buck. That's how you see, you know, some of it. But I think some of it's like I'm I'm an enthusiast of like art and culture and like this feels like the next step of that. And I think that messaging is even more confusing than I'm going to make a quick buck. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm confused by all of it. I genuinely, once again, I have no idea what an NFT is or I guess I have a slight idea. The other day I saw Waka Flocka, one of my favorites, Waka Flocka Flame, tweet at 
OpenSea, which is like, I guess, the, the wallet you use to keep your NFTs, he was like, somebody put these fake NFTs in my wallet. And when I went to delete them, they stole $19,000 I, I saw me. that too. $19,000 like, stolen from Waka Flocka. is this Flocka. a thing that people are willingly like it's almost like you sign up for a game and you think you know the rules but then there's like new rules that mm. you don't know all the time you know mm. makes sports betting look like a fucking monopoly game you know like that <laughs> makes it feel stable that's all and whatever on nftevening.com which i just somehow ended up on sure. there's a story from today uh, headline, Jimmy Fallon in trouble after his NFT PR stunt with Paris Hilton. And here we go. I'm going to quote them. He purchased an ape for $225,000. Okay. Isn't that, Ugh. doesn't it make you want to throw, like absolutely throw up? Okay. Uh-huh. So he purchases this ape for $225,000. Again, I never want, I don't understand NFTs. I'm actively trying to avoid knowing what they are. I don't want to know. Comcast and NBC's parent company has a workplace policy that instructs NBC employees to not, quote, not let outside interests or activities interfere with their business judgment or their responsibilities to the company. So promoting the Board Ape franchise and his own NFT can be seen as a conflict of interest. Okay, but it's really not because it's not like they it's not like viewers of the Tonight Show can invest in his specific ape or his interest. It'd be more if he had interest in the company, but he doesn't. The NBC spokesperson says there's no conflict, only the NFT person. Yeah. Anyways, I just I again don't know how NFT works, do, NFTs work and don't care, but it's not like he's promoting, you know, Mazda or and like the 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 stock goes up or something, you know? Mazda? Like, I don't know, it just was in my head. Rita Ora Mazda was in your head. Well, Rita Ora promoted a Mazda on Instagram. Did you see? I didn't see it. She literally promoted an all black Mazda, and then her caption was, It really takes me from A to B. (laughs) Like, she couldn't think of a better. There was not like, I love to ride in style, or like, this car goes really fast. It was like, It takes me from one location to another, Mazda. (laughs) That's awesome. Is it up now? (laughs) Yes. I shared it with Joel because our friend Joel, oh, he loves the cars, cars w- tweeted about how Mazda is like the car he always recommends to people, but nobody actually buys one, which is like really funny to me. And then I said, hilariously, Rita Ora just did spawn for Mazda. And I showed it to him and he was like, that's really a funny caption because it is <laughs> the essence of Mazda. It goes from A to B reliably. Thanks at Mazda US for getting me from A to B during my <laughs> stay in Sydney. <laughs> And do you see how they gave her a Mazda that's like it weirdly souped up? Like it has like a black. black. Yeah. It's all black. Anyways, I thought you'd enjoy that moment. I think I've talked to Joel about this or I've read blogs about how the Mazda Miata, I think on Jalopnik, the Mazda Miata is always made fun of as a clown car. But actually the Mazda Miata is a like if you are a car head, it's a great car. It's extremely reliable and owning a Mazda Miata is great. But nobody wants to buy a Mazda. I don't fit in a Mazda, so I couldn't have a Mazda Miata. Unfortunately, I couldn't have. I'm a sorry, Mazda but there's Miata. a whole there's a whole genre of car you don't fit into. So let's not <laughs> pretend like it's just the Mazda. Moving on. Hi. So I just watched The Gilded Age, and I'm just very curious what uh, your thoughts are on Louisa Gummer going by Louisa Jacobson. In the credits, that's what she's credited as. And I just think that is a very interesting choice for uh, Miss Third Gummer to do. Um, anyway, 
Crunch, crunch. When I tell you hmm. I watched this 90-minute pilot or first episode. Twice. Twice. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's really funny to me. Really? I absolutely loved it. What a stunner. I mean. It's so good. It's so silly. I mean, we'll probably talk about it's this more on Patreon. It's not silly at all. It's so good. When Gary Coon's like, I will take them down. How dare they not come to my party? It's so good. Every dress that Carrie Coon wears is like its own feature yeah. film. <laughs> it's stunning, the show. And everybody is so good in it, maybe except for the third Gummer, Gummer Three. Honestly, because we're we, because now we have to n- stop calling Alana Heim Heim Three. Although I won't. I feel like Gummer Three is what Louisa Jacobson is like being known as to me. She said, "I will not go by Gummer Three. I will be Jacobson One. That's what she said. I will be Jacobson One." To be fair, she doesn't look as much like Meryl as the Gummer sisters, which is. Weird, because I think they both look so much like Meryl, and she looks like you kind of got to, like, squint a little. Like you, Yeah, but you, the moment you see you it, see once it you know. right. but when, when you, you see, see it, it, you never unsee it. Yeah, it's true. just like the Ava Philippi looks like Ryan, not <laughs> right, right. You're thing. You will this. never unsee it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, Louisa Gummer, we've definitely talked about her before because she is the third Gummer. She is the youngest Gummer, Gummer the youngest three. of four, but the third woman. Meryl has... To the two Gummers, a son, and then Louisa. Yes. Henry, Louisa's, Harry. Louisa is such a youngest girl name, youngest daughter yes. name. And she Louisa. She was born in, she's the youngest one. The other two, Mamie and Grace, both have two. appeared on HBO shows <laughs> in the past. And now yeah. Louisa has her own HBO show, The Gilded Age, which is the Julian Fellows show, the guy who made Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. And the other one, the what's the other sexy one? Um, Belgrade? My, my parents love it. Belgravia. No. Belgravia, thank you. That one's great. So I love all these. He has shows, this new show. You know, it's my genre. It's and it's totally entertaining. It's totally entertaining. And Just so she's beautiful. The, they shot it through COVID. How I don't even know how. Whatever. They have all the beautiful old houses throughout Rhode Island. We'll talk about this on Patreon. Well, the point of the show is like not the point of the show, but like you have a lot of like prestige actresses. You have Cynthia Nixon, and you have. Christine Baranski and you have Carrie Coon and you and you have Audra McDonald and you have all and these got like a big, lot of Broadway a lot, a lot of, of theatrical old, established women and so but right. there's also a smaller supporting cast of like the younger people like the younger guard and one of those people is two of them are Gummer very three. famously nepotism Ta- Taisa Farmiga who is Vera Farmiga's much right. younger sister but she also has done a little bit of She's time already in yeah the American horror story world. So she's not new to like, like Gummer three is really the quote unquote ingenue of the show, which actually works in theme with the show itself, but I won't even get into it, but she really is the, and introducing Louisa Jacobson, you know? (laughs) Right. And so the interesting thing here is the name, right? She specifically Mm -hmm. doesn't go by Gummer. And I just wanted to do this isn't like the most fascinating thing you'll ever hear but I was like well, when did this tr- when did this turn happen because for as long as we've been talking about Mamie and Grace we have been talking about Louisa because inevitably people will be like and there's a third one in every story right. about Mamie and Grace it'll be like don't forget we the third one about who's her. younger and we were like oh she seems to be 
have attended Yale Drama School. She seems to be also doing stuff. But she was a model first. Before she attended right. Yale Drama right. School, she was a model. And so when she was a model, getting headlines for being an aspiring model, she was Louisa Gummer. She was Louisa Gummer in 2015. She was Louisa Gummer in 2014. When you wrote about the Gummers at Vulture, she was Louisa Gummer. Okay? Mm. Then she went to mm. Yale School of Drama. And that's when the turn happened. And they said, drop the Gummer. They said, you cannot be Gummer 3. She's the only Gummer gal who went to Yale School of Drama, which is which Gummer I also gal. found sort of interesting. Because Mamie didn't go there. Grace didn't go there. Meryl famously went there, you know, along with Sigourney. Right. So Louisa said, I am going to go the, the, the route, the mm-hmm. traditional route. Yeah. And Jacobson is Don Gummer, the daddy, the sculptor, who, according to our, well, whatever, we don't have to say that rumor, <laughs> is the daddy's mom's maiden, maiden name. name. Right. So I she like took that, daddy's mom's maiden name. It was always her middle name. I do like that because it's her middle name, first it's of all. It's her middle so name. It's her middle sense, name. It's not just some random name. It is nice because it's like she can't take Streep and she right. can't take Gum and she just want to <laughs> take Gummer. So she's got to go further. She's like, I'll just take. You know, it's, we have a long tradition of actresses taking their middle names as their last exactly. names. Exactly. Usually, it's when you're too Jewish. But now we're in we're in a different world, and you would take you know you would just take it for like re- other reasons, maybe. Speaking of changing your Jewish name, I put this in here because I'd never read. The, I don't remember this being in the like Michael Schulman Meryl Streep biography. But did you know this? This is from a profile of her that I read from 1991 when she was promoting Defending Your Life. She uh-huh. says, uh, raised Presbyterian, Ms. Streep descends from Spanish Jews who immigrated to Holland. Oh. Rather than sign their Jewish name, they drew a line, which is what Streep means in Dutch. Stop. Stop it. No. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that? That's a new one. I've never heard. I've you know, I've always heard like name changing stories when it Wait, comes to like immigrate, immigrating. incredible. Incredible. They saw the line and they said that mean that's Streep. So we're just going to especially it, as a Jew with a name change mm-hmm. in my lineage. I love the I love the original Voidabachik. Voidabachik is the original name. Love Still can't spell name. it, but there is a spelling somewhere. <laughs> so there's this like grand history of name changes in this family. I think if you go back far enough, in most families you will see, especially families who have moved around there's the world, all, you right. will it see may, name, name changes. Name changes is not an unusual thing, but the idea that you would draw a line and then they would just call you the Dutch word for line, which is streep. Mm. God, that's so funny. crazy. So you have three variations of name changes in this family history. You have the immigration name change where there's either a weird translation or a mistranslation or just a miscommunication from from line to streep. In Dutch. Okay, interesting. So Streep is literally stripe. Like Streep, stripe. Yeah. I'm just, I wanted to Google stripe, Streep, line. So then you have Meryl Streep marrying Don Gummer, not changing her name, but giving her children Gummer's name. Then you have the two Gummers going by their dad's last name. And then after two become famous for acting, the third one says, I can't be the third Gummer. I can't be Gummer 3. I have to be Jacobson. Well, also, clearly, she went to Yale Drama, and there's more of a strategic acting Uh rise there. There's more of a planned situation there. So she had maybe more time to, like, craft the reveal or something. She enrolled in the School of Drama in the 2007-2018 school year. Okay, that's when she enrolled. When she enrolled, Jeremy O'Harris, who was a friend of hers, they met at Yale School of Drama, was in his second year. Jeremy O'Harris did a little thing about, like, Yale School of Drama early in 2021 for the New York Times. And he refers to Louisa as Louisa Jacobson. So I think it was truly when she went to Yale, that's what she went by. And more proof that I have, Lindsay, she registered Mm. her domain 
in 2018 on Squarespace, LouisaJacobson.com. She registered it in 2018. Wow. Mm -hmm. Where did you find that? I looked up the Who Is profile for LouisaJacobson.com. She didn't register it until 2018. Because everyone calls her Gummer until she's at Yale. And so it's like, oh, this is a this is a deliberate choice to set myself apart in this field. Squarespace.com slash who. Uh-huh. Her first mention in the New York Times. I wanted to find her first and last mention in the New York Times. Her first mention was when she was born. Uh, page B8 of the New York Times in 1981. Meryl Streep has given birth to her fourth child, a girl born in Los Angeles on June 12th. She and her husband, Don Gummer, have a boy and two girls. Henry, 11. Mary, 7. Grace, 5. Louisa Jacobson Gummer weighed 6 pounds, 10 ounces. <laughs> um, and then her last reference is obviously because of the Gilded Age. So this is a this is a huge side note, but I had never read this profile of Meryl Streep before. As I said, New York Times, 1981. She's promoting defending your life, and I'm sorry this is themy, but like, it's I them-y. love. I've I've never read okay. these anecdotes, these quotes. Okay. You're gonna love them. Okay. Okay. It's about how she's like transitioning into comedy, right? And it says uh, Albert Brooks wrote defending your life. I know Albert feels he's written a whole woman, a completely full-blown person, she says. I didn't know how to break it to him. He's really not done that. He's written an idea of a woman, and I did my best to fill those silver slippers. And Mm. then there's this. And yet, this is 1981, Miss Streep is also a shrewd careerist who is as ambitious as any actor in Hollywood. When asked how she feels about Madonna getting the role of Evita, a part for which Miss Streep studied for more than a year before negotiations fell apart, she replies, quote, I could rip her throat out. I can sing better than she can, if that counts for anything. (laughs) 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 Can you believe that? And then she says that she has this weird game that she plays with her daughters. Again, this is just Gummer 1 and Gummer 2. Louisa's still gestating. And we have, my daughters and I have a game called Snooty Person, she says, now affecting a very proper British lady. And we go out in high heels and we're very snooty and we do vulgar things. It's sort of a joke on myself because a lot of comedy, I think, is vulgar. It's all a matter of taste. And then the writer goes, what are the vulgarities that snooty people engage in? And she goes, oh, they're unmentionable. What is oh, up with un- her? Oh, they're unmentionable. She's been a freak since the fr- since the dawn. She's been a freak forever. Like, that's what you're finding out. You knew it. Anyway, interesting profile. I'm sure I'll link it in that thing. Let's move on. Louisa Jacobson. Who? Bill and Bobby. So I'm watching Project Runway actually from a couple weeks ago. And one of the, the guest judge is this woman, Precious Lee, who is, I guess, a model. And I've never heard of her, and I she's very beautiful. And I would love if you could tell me a little bit about her. And I'm surprised she has this like, huge platform, and I went on Instagram, and, like, she has a lot of followers, but nothing crazy. Clearly still a who. Anyway, help me out. Uh, crunch, crunch. I love the idea of going to someone's Instagram and seeing that they have 300,000 followers and being like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> nothing crazy, I guess. Well, it's like if you're you're bombarded with people with like millions of followers, it feels like that's nothing. True. But that's just that's like when you hit that, you can start selling bullshit on Instagram, you know? Even before that, you can start selling bullshit. Oh yeah. So preciously the caller's asking about preciously who is this woman? Preciously is not nepotism, preciously is not Meryl Streep's fifth daughter. She is a model slash aspiring actor who was just mm. the reason they called was just a guest judge on Project Runway this season, which if you're not oh, watching Project a guest Runway. Judge? 
I haven't watched this episode yet because I'm behind and I'm slowly catching up. Bobby watches Project Runway like I love. Like I, I love watch, Project I'm trying to think of a show that I just watch no matter what happens with it. I mean, you're just Love really Island. Just, you really uh, that's like popular-ish. You really stuck by it in its in its issues, which was when it switched networks. We talked about this. It like I always watched a very big shift though. Now it's back. And I watched that season. The last season before COVID was so one of the best seasons. Like, But don't you think when it changed production companies, it like got weird and then it came back? The Rita seat. It wasn't Rita part of it or something? When it, no, it was that was Top, top Model. model. Yeah. When it moved to Lifetime, it got a little weird. And mm-hmm. when we lost Tim, Tim and Gunn. Heidi, it got yeah. a little weird. Right. But I, I think they've come back. Elaine, like Nina Garcia is still there. I think Nina and Elaine are fun. Mm-hmm. And Christian is great. And also it's just a factor of like these shows. It's just like Top Chef. Like these shows are just fun to watch because it's talented people. Like it, it's a, it's amazing. Right. It's also one of those how-to shows that is a visual yes. thing. So you can really play along. Although like Top Chef, not a visual. It's a it's a yeah, but still you thing. see still works. you see yeah. a completed product at the end of every episode. Like it's satisfying structure. That's true. So like That's it's great. Anyway, true. it's the same reason those fucking the show where you make the glass is is sort of fills the void because they make the thing at the end even though all the glass looks the same by the end. Like all the shit looks oh, the, the same. Oh, the glass blowing. I love that show. I watch all yeah, that. Yeah, and show. I love the fucking HBO Ellen DeGeneres furniture making show. The furniture I mean, ma- the pottery show. They're all the same yeah, idea. Yeah, right. Anyway, the baking show, same idea. Yeah. So she was just a guest judge on this. And so she's a plus size model and she has a deep connection to Christian Siriano because Christian Siriano very famously is well known for size inclusivity. For making beautiful plus size clothing or beautiful clothing of every size. Yeah. Of every size. But it's like people who aren't the standard model size are like, we respect Christian because he's been doing this since before it was trendy. Christian's always like seen us and like had yeah, a space for Yeah, it's funny. Us. A... A influencer, a fashion influencer who's plus size recently got eloped or something. And in her description, she was like, I stopped by my friend Christian's to like get a like a, a quick look for my for my wedding. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, my friend Christian. And so she's like, I've known him for like 15 years. And it's funny because I believe that because he's always been doing this. And again, there's just like no equivalent to Christian in Project Runway. Like no one's more famous than he is. Well, in Project Runway world, of course. Project Runway world, yeah. No one's more successful than he is in terms of like contestants that have moved on. So Precious was not supposed to be a model. Precious wanted to be a lawyer. Precious is from Atlanta. Precious was Uh like, I want to be a lawyer. I'm going to Clark Atlanta University. This is what I want to do. And then it's the the tale as old as time. We're like, oh, my friend convinced me to do an open call. And truly the rest is history. But she made her splash on that Lane Bryant camp campaign from like 2015 that got a lot of press uh plus is equal Mm -hmm. which shows you we haven't come that far but we've come a little far that elaine bryant made such a huge splash now it feels like there are a lot of mainstream clothing lines that are including plus size clothing and plus size models in their runways and their campaigns and stuff like that when I look through all of her Getty image results something that I found sort of interesting is like her career as a model like there's a lot of overlap with ashley graham and right. Ashley Graham kind of became of that. Like Ashley Graham was she also part of the plus the size equal campaign. Celebrity, she a, right. The she celebrity became, plus size model. Exactly. That's Ashley true. Graham got all of the attention. Culture was like, we can only have one. We can only have one. God forbid we have more than one. <laughs> but she kept going, kept going, kept going, and has since been, I would say, 
Ashley Graham's modeling career, because Ashley Graham became such a personality, she sort of transitioned more into like, almost like mommy blogger. Like she does a lot of parenting talk and it's all yeah. about like, she's more about lifestyle. You know, she has a podcast. Realness, like lifestyle, yeah, podcast. Yeah. And she's like promoting prod, like products and stuff like that. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Precious has stayed deep in the modeling world. Like Precious just keeps getting cover after cover after cover after cover. I also remember Iskra Lawrence as, I, I remember these girls' names like from this era where it was like, Plus size models were like new. Where Sports Illustrated puts a plus size model on the pages and they're like, I can't believe it. Where Kate Upton, who was never plus size, just had like big boobs or whatever and was slightly curvy. It went from like her to actual plus size models. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she's from that generation and has only gotten more and more famous and has gone fully into like high fashion stuff too. Then into Mm -hmm. beauty. And she was just on the cover of the September issue of Vogue. And did you see, Lindsay? I didn't realize I was on the cover of the September issue of Vogue alongside Kaya Gerber and Precious Lee <laughs> and Bella Hadid. This is a visual gag that no one's going to see. <laughs> there was a guy at a computer behind them looking at the cover of Vogue in the co- on the cover of Vogue. I have to say, this cover, I think people laughed at it because it was ridiculous. It's like a bunch of like beautiful models in the Vogue office, like posing in Vogue. And to like show you that we're in the office, there was a random guy facing <laughs> away from the camera, looking at a computer with the, a different cover of Vogue on it. Precious Lee's arms are up and she's like, yay, office work. <laughs> it is iconic. And it says on it, fashion's new beginnings, Prada's double act, and then really funny, plus the Met is back. <laughs> I just, like, can't deal with all these models in couture at work. Yay! As if they come to the office. (laughs) Right. An industry that is, like, based on not being familiar with the office. (laughs) You know, like, like, I demand that my models not know what it's like to be in the office. You know, like, how dare you pretend to be in a cubicle and happy? (laughs) If they've been to the Condé Nast building, they wouldn't look so happy. (laughs) No one has ever been this happy in the Condé Nast building. That kind of does look like you from behind. That's what I'm saying. It looks like me from behind. Anna's like on the other side of the computer, like whispering to you, like, take the saturation down. Move this down. (laughs) Adjust the levels. No, fuck this. The only other thing of note that I thought uh, was funny about Precious Lee is that she has done, I feel like there has to be some sort of EGOT terminology for this. She's done ads for Skims and Good American. She's done the Chloe line and the Kim line. There's no fucking EGOT for that. Come on. (laughs) No. Skims. No. And Good American. She wore the jeans (laughs) and she wore the shapewear. I mean, what that says, which is unfortunate, is that those two brands are very size inclusive, which they are. Yes. So, you know, shout Mm -hmm. out to Skims. I'm wearing one of their Mm -hmm. bras. It's great. Wow. That's not even an ad. Oh, God. I shouldn't do ads for Skims without payment. Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. 
And if I'm going to learn Spanish, I'm going to do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language of Rosetta Stone, and it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful, okay? That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime, and you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm -hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Hey, Lindsay Bobby, long time, long time. Um, Becky G is playing um, Governor's Ball, and I like I know she's been like very successful over the past two years, like since this podcast discussed the Becky G curse, but I, I I just had to wonder, is, is are, are should we still be living in fear of the curse? Like, what is this going to bring upon, you know, the city of New York? Um, Becky G is coming. Um, I'm really proud of her and her growth, but, like, I'm still sleeping with when I opened. Um, please report back. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. Becky G curse. We haven't talked about the Becky G curse in many, many years. I think we need to flash back. Let's flash back and remind ourselves of the Becky G curse. I didn't know this, and oh, so I, I didn't super, either. I super appreciate because I think we're just gonna have to like list these out for other people yeah. who didn't. That's know why we had to talk about it. It's so, so funny. So funny. So. This is a thread on that really um, – it's kind of like like for fans – it's like the Ono oh They Didn't, like pre-Ono oh They Didn't, like message board for fans. It's called yeah, ATRL. Really like, yeah. How do you even print – do what do people call it? Like Archel? I've never heard it said out loud, so no – Me neither. Idea. Okay. But people love it and it's like – it's basically the home to like some of the best pop music chatter like ever on the internet and mm -hmm. goes far back. Anyways – um, he sent us this link that is um, discussion, 13 new curses, list the Becky G curses. You have to read them. We'll link to the exact thread online to give them yeah. credit because it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, number one, Miley almost dead exactly a year after tweeting Becky G. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Kesha flopping hard after Becky G remix Die Young. <laughs> <laughs> no, number three, ever since Becky G was announced as the opening act for the Prismatic Tour, Katie's singles flopped. <laughs> <laughs> number four. Oh, this one is so good. I can't even. Uh, the this one's the great. The Notorious B.I.G. died exactly a week after Becky G. was uh, born. Uh, uh, uh. That is the rudest coincidence. <laughs> number five. J.Lo flopping after making a cameo in Becky G. video. <laughs> number six. Cher Lloyd flops hard after Becky G. was featured on her song. I don't, don't know really, if that counts because you like, don't need Becky Lloyd, G to help yeah, Cher Lloyd like, flop. <laughs> um, uh, the next, I already forgot number we're on. Seven? Seven. Seven. Shakira underperforming after Becky G attended Shakira's <laughs> listening party. <laughs> 
this is the biggest not even like appeared on a shakira track list attended shakira's listening party hey she's a curse a curse is a curse uh the moment britney tweeted becky g was the moment she stopped having (laughs) top 10 hits (laughs) carmen follows becky g and their album doesn't make top 30 tragic also doesn't need becky g self to be a flop but still then the next one is wild. Becky G performs at the same summer splash festival as the wanted Ariana, Sammy Adams, I don't know who that is, but Bonnie McKee. Weeks later, Ariana suffers from a serious vocal hemorrhage. The wanted split up and are almost killed by a homeless person. Sammy Adams' album is cut down on AP and Bonnie McKee's album is pushed back and singles flopped. This <laughs> isn't over. It's so good. Becky there are four G- more. Becky G starred in Smurfs 2. The movie bombed at the Lox office and lost Sony Pictures millions. Becky G's Vivo uploaded a video of her dancing to Happy, oh. and then a woman. <laughs> <laughs> a Read woman. the whole thing. The listeners oh. didn't hear. Becky G's Vivo uploaded a video of her dancing to Happy, and then a woman died listening to Happy. When did this happen? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I need. Can I get some receipts for that Wait. one? The last. I mean, and can we get some receipts is- for many of these? <laughs> That episode, by the way, was entitled, this is from 2016, June 30th, 2016. That episode was entitled, Who's There? Callum McSwiggin and Poot Lovato. Okay? How far have we come? Callum McSwiggin, in case you forgot, was a British YouTuber who faked a hate crime. <laughs> and then himself. got prosecuted for a hate, faked a but hate also, crime against himself. And then got arrested That episode was the origin of Poot. Yeah. Poot Lovato, which I, actually, Callum, Callum has been forgotten, but Poot Lovato lives on. I like replaying certain things, certain clips. It's fun to revisit the past. Why don't we do this ever before? We were funny about the curse back then. Yeah. So Argentina lost because of Becky G. Kesha flopped because of Becky G. Smurfs 2 flopped because of Becky G. All of these things, like being blamed on Becky G. Which is funny because Becky G herself is like quite successful. And Mm. Shower is obviously a banger. Huge hit. For me and it my is. canon and the Lindsay canon, but I love that song so much. Uh, but I listen to it all the time. It seems like the people around her are crumbling via the curse. Her Spanish language music is also wildly successful, so she's not. She cursed pivoted to Spanish language, right? She's not cursed there. And I think that's what she will be performing at Governor's Ball. And I noticed that at Governor's Ball, they don't do all of the weights that Coachella posters do. They do two weights only. So I think Coachella has anywhere You're between three and four weights. Weight. Yeah, font weight. sizes. So she's the same font size. As, so J. Cole is the headliner for Sunday, June 12th. But then under mm-hmm. J. Cole is like everybody's the same size. And she's alongside Claro and Playboy Cardi and Glass And Animals Jasmine Sullivan, and too. Trinata and And Japanese Breakfast. Yeah. 100 Gex. Oh man, a hundred Gex and Becky G back to back, and then together as an overlap, doing a cover of like "Simply the Best." I would <laughs> die. I would absolutely die and go to heaven. So Becky G, I think, is doing fine, and I think that this Governor's Ball lineup it should be exciting, and we shouldn't worry about you know some sort of horrible event. Do you think that the curse that was placed on her by some sort of witch in her past was taken off because she finally completed the tasks that she had to do to get the curse gone? You know. M- and then the curse went on someone else. We got to figure out who that curse got sent to. She either like ringed like the ring, like she either like ringed the curse or maybe something happened where she broke the curse. Maybe like her and her therapist had a breakthrough and then she like broke the curse by becoming like a more confident person or the witch died and then the curse was lifted. I don't know. I've seen a lot of movies, but like sometimes, you know, it changes. 
I think the witch just said, I think you've been through enough, Becky G. That's not how witches work either. I think there can be empathetic witches. No, I think she passed along the curse. I think she did. We got to find out if you have been cursed by Becky G. If Becky G's curse rubbed off on you, let us know. Hi, Who Weekly. I'm wondering if you could talk about the Twitter beef today between Taylor Swift and Damon Albarn. I think that's how you pronounce it from the seminal 90s. Britpop band Blur. Obviously, Taylor's of them. I would argue that he's a who, and I feel like that tweet is super hooey. So I'm curious to hear your take. Crunch, crunch, Lindsay Podcaster. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, so I've been reading about this Taylor Swift, uh, Damon Albarn from Blur controversy, and um, I was wondering. If you think, well, first of all, Damon Albarn, who are them? Um, and then at this point, is Blur a who or a them? And then also the Gorillas, um, who are them in 2022? Um, okay, love you guys. Crunch Crunch, Lindsay Podcaster. Bye. We said, do not call about Damon Albarn. <laughs> we said, don't do it. And you did it anyway. So, we're going to punish you. This is a punishment. This is Timmy's idea. This is a great idea. No, this is a punishment for you calling about this. The feud between Taylor Swift and the singer of Blur, Damon Albarn. Albarn? Albarn? Albarn. Who cares? I think it's Albarn. Yeah. This is the punishment. Bobby, go. Damon Albarn, OBE, born March 23rd, 1968, is an English singer and musician best known as the frontman and primary lyricist of the rock band Blur, and as the co-founder, lead vocalist, instrumentalist, and primary songwriter of the virtual band Gorillaz. Raised in Leytonstone, East London, around Colchester, Essex, Albarn attended Stanway School, where he met guitarist Graham Coxon and formed Blur. They released their debut album, Leisure, excuse me, Leisure, in 1991. <laughs> After spending long periods touring the US, Albarn's songwriting became increasingly influenced by British bands from the 1960s. The result was the Blur album's Modern Life is Rubbish, 1993, Park Life, 1994, and The Great Escape, 1995. All three received critical acclaim while Blur gained mass popularity in the UK. This was aided by a Britpop chart rivalry with Oasis. Subsequent albums such as Blur 1997, 13 1999, and Think Tank 2003 incorporated influences from lo-fi, art rock, electronic, and world music. These were followed by The Magic Whip 2015, Blur's first studio album in 12 years. Albarn formed the virtual band Gorillaz in 1998 with comic book artist Jamie Hewlett. Drawing influences from hip-hop, dub, pop, trip-hop, and world music, Gorillaz released their self-titled debut album 2001 to worldwide success, spawning successful follow-ups Demon Days 2005, Plastic Beach, The Fall, both released in 2010, Humans 2017, The Now Now 2018, and the first season of their Song Machine Project Song Machine Stage 1 Strange Times 2020. Although Albarn is the only permanent musical contributor, Gorillaz albums typically feature collaborations from a range of, ar of artists. Gorillaz are cited by the Guinness Book of World Records as the most successful virtual band. Albarn's other notable projects include two supergroups, The Good, The Bad, and The Queen, and Rocket Juice and The Moon. He's worked with the nonprofit organization Africa Express, which he co-founded
recorded and composed film soundtracks. Albarn also scored the stage productions Monkey, Journey to the West, 2008, Dr. D, 2012, and Wonderland, 2016. His debut solo album Everyday Robots was released in 2014 with his second The Nearer the Fountain, More Pure the Stream Flows, released in 2021. In 2008, The Daily Telegraph ranked Albarn number eight in his list of 100 powerful people in British culture. In 2016, Albarn received the Ivar Novello Award for Lifetime Achievement from the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers, and Authors. He was appointed Officer of the Order of the British Empire, OBE, in 2016. New Year Honors for Services Music in 2020, Albarn was granted Icelandic citizenship. In case you can tell, we were reading the Wikipedia entry for Damon Albarn as punishment for calling it about him. Here's a now-deleted line from his politics and activism section. Uh, Wikipedia said it didn't meet their standards. In 2022, Albarn was embroiled in controversy following comments concerning the legitimacy of Taylor Swift's songwriting abilities, stating, <laughs> quote, she doesn't write her own songs when asked about Swift. His remarks sparked outrage from fans, Swift herself, her collaborators, and journalists. Albarn has since issued an apology, asserting that his comments were reduced to clickbait. Uh, a commenter in the Wikipedia also commented something that was deleted, fuck you, Albarn. <laughs> and that's your punishment. Moving on. Be so mean. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. I'm hoping we can talk about J.B. Smoove. Um, you know, I think Curbed is obviously a huge show. It's been on forever. Um, and he's like a comedian in his own right. But I feel like out of nowhere, and maybe it's because Curbed is back, he is like the face and the voice of like four different companies. Like I can't escape him. He's doing like Caesars and Just Egg and all these other ads. Um, and I feel like it's similar to like the Cecily, what's her name? Um, or whoever the SNL girl was who's on the pasta sauce, right? Which is like, if you're going to put his face on stuff, it's because you think people know it or at least recognize his voice. Or is it because they just think he's funny? Um, so does that make him a them? I, I think he's a who, but I mean, I know who he is. So... J.B. Smoove, who are them? J.B. Smoove, who are them? What do we think? This caller makes a good point that J.B. Smoove kind of is everywhere, but let's make it official. J.B. Smoove, one, two, three, who? who? Although it's like, you know, if you watch Curb, you're quite familiar. Right. You know, if you watch but, Curb, he's a them. If you don't watch Curb, he's everywhere, but in a very hooey way. Like, yeah, totally. He does a ton of ads, and he's a voice, and he's yeah. a comedian. That's tough. Yeah. Okay. All right. We did it. JB Smooth. Who? Next call. Uh-huh. Hi, Weekly. Um, I'm watching the tragedy of Macbeth, and I wanted to know if Stephen Root is a who or a them, because I gasped when he showed up. I did not know he was in the movie. But I couldn't remember his name. I just knew I'd known him from a million things. So, yeah, is, is he a who or them? Um, Gargio Pizza Roll. Goodbye. Let's take this. Let me repeat something that this caller said. In fact, I may just replay what they said. Um, repeat it back because it's easier to understand if you say it. 
I couldn't remember his name. I just knew I knew him from a million things. That means there are, he's a listeners, who? Listeners? <laughs> you listeners? You are answering your own questions, honey. One. Is Steven Root a who or a them? One, two, three. Who? Hi, Lindsay Lobby. Um, Wordle. Who are them? Bobby, I heard you reference the game a few episodes back, maybe last week. I don't remember what it's time. Um, same universe. Spelling Bee, New York Times, who are them? Um, we all know Crossword Puzzle, New York Times is a them, Sunday is King, right? Um, okay, uh, Crunch Crunch, bye. Is Wordle who are them? Are you fucking making me talk about Wordle on this pod? Wordle is having its 15 minutes of fame, and if you don't realize that, you haven't been on the internet long enough. It's literally the girl of the moment is Wordle. <laughs> literally, it has all the trappings of girl of the moment. Once I'm indoor dining again, once I'm freely going to my friends' apartments, Wordle, you're, you're through. Not touching Wordle anymore. No, I no do No more love, soup for you, Wordle. I love no. the differential between people who play Wordle after midnight, like right after midnight, and the people who mm-hmm. play Wordle first thing in the morning. Like it is. I a play really it when funny, I'm horizontal. I only play when I'm horizontal and I usually play it if I realize it's like 1 a.m. and I and I'm just I need to do it, you know, <laughs> I need to do it. Uh, I, Wordle, who are them, though? One, two, three. Who? who? Because yeah. you keep saying who's the everyone's saying who's that girl, you know, you see the boxes on your Twitter feeds. And if you don't know, you're like, I don't know what the fuck this is. And it makes you mad. It makes mm-hmm. you mad. Mm-hmm. Wordle is definitely a who. I think they want it to be a them. We'll see. And also, as for spelling bee, which the caller also mentioned, one, two, three, who? Ooh, no. Yeah. The only, the only daily of the game word that's a them is the crossword puzzle. It's yeah. crossword puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. S- Sudoku. What do we think about that? Yeah. That's a them, though, right? Sudoku. Kind of. Yeah. Sudoku was the last breakthrough girly of the century of games. Mm-hmm. Or as my mom <laughs> calls it, Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You know. But, that's the, but the idea that your mom is even... She Attempting loves is like mm-hmm. it shows the theminess, and we know yeah. what she's talking about. Oh, you're talking about we Sudoku. know exactly. That's oh, okay. you're talking about Sudoku. Yeah, yeah. Right. mom, it's fine. Yeah, mom, it's fine. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Does Misha Barton know who Masha Gessen is? And does Masha Gessen know who Misha Barton is? Crunch, crunch. Great question. <laughs> Questions. Does Misha Barton know who Masha Gessen is? And does Masha Gessen know who Misha Barton is? Misha Barton, a hundred. And 10,000% does not know who Masha Gessen is. I agree. Like, Misha Barton, like, lives her life free of anything. And I'm not even saying, like, Masha Gessen would probably enrich Misha Barton's life. But I'm saying Misha Barton lives her life free of any sort of baggage that involves reading Masha Gessen, you know? I don't want Misha Barton to know about, like, autopsies, you know? We don't need it. We don't need it. But does Masha Gessen know who Misha Barton is? The thing is, I think that it's um, mutual. I think Masha Gessen also lives in in heaven in in happiness because they their mind is free of Misha Barton. That's why I don't have a problem. I think it's a mutual freedom of of mind of mind space. Meanwhile, I know who they both are, which means I live in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Masha Gessen could write what they write if Misha Barton was taking up even a, an atom of space? No. 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 Wow. Wow, we are very definitive today. We know exactly what the answers are. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Did Dakota Johnson hold people hostage at a blue bottle coffee shop? I, I'm confused. I feel like this should have been huge news. Depending on where you spend your time on the internet, it was 
huge news. It's also the second most viewed story on Vulture right now as we record this, and it's 24 hours, this 48 is, hours old wait, at this point. I fully missed this investigation of this. Rebecca is like a genius. Shout out no, Rebecca. No, Rebecca got the answer. Rebecca, shout out Rebecca Alter at Vulture for literally, because this this tweet I was just ignoring because it seems stupid and a joke and feel very, felt very like gay Twitter and it's like funny Dakota Johnson stories, you know? Yeah. I was like, I don't believe this. True story, Dakota Johnson once locked me and my mom inside a blue bottle coffee because the barista told her she couldn't make the coffee herself. She closed the door on all of us who were still inside, pulled a rope out of her bag, tied the door shut and walked away. We had to have a passerby untie the rope so we could get out. It's like one of those tweets that literally sounds like in tone, like Dakota Johnson like killed my family and then left us for <laughs> yeah. dead. And it's like, you know. <laughs> I almost, I didn't believe this. I was like, we're missing some details here. Also, Dakota Johnson is such a identifiable figure and personality at this point. She's so unique. It's so easy to create fan fiction about her. So I was like, this is either exaggerated or we're missing wow, some Rebecca pieces Rebecca really here. did our work. She did. She did all the work. She did the work. It's like, I'm inspired. I'm, I'm, I'm moved by this. She found a staff member who worked at the same blue bottle, tweeted their own claim. One time uh -huh. she came to my coffee shop at Milk Studios at 11, at 11 a.m., walked behind the counter and started pretending she was making drinks while her people tied the front doors shut from the outside and started filming her. And now it starts to make more sense. Was this a bit? It was at Milk Studios. What were they shooting? So then she connected it. I reached out to Biz Socks, who turned out to be a New Yorker named LJ, who has been trying to make sense of this celebrity encounter for six years. He suggested that Johnson's take no prisoners approach might have been something to do with the video the actress made for her 2017 Vogue cover story it was filmed at milk yes. studios and she wears the same floral gucci dress seen in the blue bottle photo it was both her doing a bit for a vogue video right that was being filmed for a cover story but it was also she behaved like a complete asshole so when i saw the story i was like this was a bit for something but it's actually two things at the same time it's a bit but it's also shows her true nature, which is that she's an asshole. That barista at Milk Studios said customers were trapped inside. And when confronted, she told my coworker to move because she was, quote, too fat to be on camera. Well, she was doing a character, but nobody was aware that she was doing a character this character. But saying someone's too fat to be on camera is like beyond a bit, you know? It is true she did do it, but it wasn't just Dakota Johnson's natural state. She was doing it I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. to, that the fact that this is true, I literally was like, okay, funny, funny joke. Moving on, you know. Yeah. Thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca completely answered this question. Thank for you, us. Rebecca. Thank you, Biz Socks. Thank you, uh, <laughs> LJ. All of these people who had to come together and find the truth. I'm so glad we have the truth. And thank you for listening this far into the podcast. We appreciate you. We appreciate you for calling 619 Who Them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. Uh, keep calling in. Listen to us on Tuesday for our regular Who's There episode. Thank you to Katie and Erica the Who's for providing our read a theme song. Thank you to Timmy, our research and editorial assistant, for researching and assisting. Thank you to our patrons on our Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly for bonus episodes, uh, Discord server, and more. And uh, that's it. Have a great day weekend. Oh my god, it's almost February. We'll see you in February. Rabbit, rabbit, uh, in advance. Bye. Bye! What's a Leslie Chen moon vest? Hey, Lindsay Bobby. Um, I'm taking a stand-up comedy class right now, and uh, we were supposed to write topical jokes this week, and I wrote a joke about Ana de Armas um, being cut out of uh, yesterday. And when I told the joke, it landed completely flat. Literally no one laughed. And um, this girl in the class just said, who is that? <laughs> so...
Um, I thought that you guys might appreciate that. Anyway, crunch, crunch. Hey. Um, uh, yeah, the, this is for Bobby. Um, he's told that story about the package before when it happened. I either on the Patreon or I think it was on the Patreon. And I think it was Everlane. Ever, like a package from Everlane. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. I'm sorry for calling so much and especially for calling about this, but my local CBS was selling the Dunkin' cereal on sale for a dollar. I think it's not selling, so they're trying to get rid of it. But PSA that you could also probably go buy it for a dollar, and it honestly wasn't as bad as I was expecting. Um, Crunch Crunch, Lindsay Podcaster. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I'm sure you're getting a million calls about this, but I was one of the OG victims of West Elm Caleb, and I just wanted to share my story and say that I am a passionate listener of Who Weekly, and I was ghosted by West Elm Caleb. So my mom's favorite movie is Yesterday. My whole family saw it in theaters. That's six people. We own it on DVD. So I'm getting my money. I'm signing this lawsuit. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, so a few years ago, I went to a screening of that horrible Kira Knightley movie, Colette. And I met this actor there who was like this very strange woman. She was like super weird. I like couldn't get a read on her at all. She kind of seemed like almost like a sim or like a robot. And... Anyway, I went on Instagram today, and now she's dating Casey Affleck. Uh, Crunch, crunch. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by The CW. New series Naomi airs Tuesdays at 9, 8 central, or you can stream free next day on The CW app.